And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. It's straight out of Cobham, a show about Chelsea FC from The Athletic. On this episode, Chelsea could have done with a hand at the London Stadium. After stalemate in East London, we look ahead to the return of the Champions League. The women's team hit a magnificent seven and there's double delight for the academy sites. Available for free wherever you get your podcasts and ad-free on The Athletic. This is Straight Out of Cobham. Welcome back then, team. It's a Champions League week for the Blues. We're going to be talking about the game against Borussia Dortmund and what happened at West Ham on Saturday. It's me, Matt Davis-Adams, joined today by the Athletics Chelsea expert, Simon Johnson. Hello, Simon. Hello. I'm feeling a little bit tender because I haven't slept because I decided to watch the Super Bowl, but... Just like Saturday's game, there was a dodgy decision. So it's not just football where the, the umpires, etc., referees, etc., get it wrong. Mm, a real pain in the vase for the Premier League this weekend. Sam Parkin's also with us. How are you doing, Sam? Hello, Matt. Yeah, I watched uh, an episode of Breakpoint, the new Netflix tennis documentary. I was in bed by about quarter to ten. So I'm going to be on fire here. Don't Sounds worry, <laughs> uh, Right, what have Chelsea and David Hockney got in common? They both like drawing. Uh, we'll talk about the latest tie game next. Fernandez finds Kukurea. Fernandez again. Reese James had made a run. Chow Felix was there. And Chow Felix opens his Chelsea account. Really well crafted goal. And the Portuguese international announces himself in the Premier League. I thought that you could see. Um, positives in the performance, especially in the first half. I think it was a step forward for us in terms of the previous game. Um, and uh, lots to go forward with. We're in a process where we're getting guys up to speed and we're getting guys um, match minutes. So the ability to be able to sustain what we want to do is the challenge for us. But um, there were positives in the game. West Ham United won, Chelsea won on Saturday. Then the Blues drawing for a third straight game. Simon was at the London Stadium. Here are his Full-time thoughts. That's it. Final whistle. I've seen the goal. We've seen the goal, everybody. That's all that matters, right? Forget that that's now two wins from last 12 games. At least there's been a goal. Yeah, it feels like a bit of a broken record as far as Chelsea's concerned. But there were some positives uh, from this West Ham performance, basically the first half. Uh, there were some good signs. The attack coming a bit more together. Enzo Fernandez, um, sublime assist was Raul Felix. Raul Felix looked very good for the first half, perhaps. Understandable that he faded a bit in the second half, given he'd not played for a month. As I'm talking, I can see Kepper and uh, Mason Mount applauding the away fans. Speaking of which, the away fans certainly let their voices uh, be known, be heard about what they think about Mark Cucurella at the moment. When he was substituted 
and his name was read out over the tannoy. There was a loud cheer, an even louder cheer when Ben Chilwell came on, and, and Chilwell did more as an attacking threat in a couple of minutes than Kikarella managed all games. So now that Chilwell is, is clearly closing on full match fitness, that, that is a decision that Potter's going to have to make at some point to bring Chilwell back into the team. He definitely had something. It was very noticeable that Cucurella just did not pass the ball enough to Mudrick either, um, which must be very frustrating for new signing. Uh, Chairman Todd Bowley was here to watch the game. He was all smiles in the first half when Chelsea went 1-0 up and it was looking comfortable, but he must be disappointed that once again Chelsea have failed to win a game. Uh, it's becoming a, a regular theme. Very disappointing goal, of course. Mentioned Cucurella, he was the one that gave it away uh, as West Ham pressed up the pits. Maybe Reese James was sleeping, caught asleep on the back post. Then uh, another ex-Chelsea player. It seems to be uh, something about Chelsea. Their former players love scoring against them. We've seen William do it recently. And now Emerson has added his name to the list. Uh, you couldn't really miss him there, though, to be honest. But as far as confidence boosters go ahead of the Champions League game against Borussia Dortmund... It was a very small step taken because uh, this team simply forgotten how to win. Listen, I'm sure you enjoyed the irony of Simon being uh, soundtracked by Mr. Brightside. <laughs> as much as I did that. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. I didn't, I didn't even know. I tell you what, hats off to the West End DJ because you usually go to these so many grounds and they play sort of bland... Uh, I'm sounding very old here, but sort of bland modern music. Uh, not that it's all bad, but it, it tends to be kind of, you know, heart FM. But sort of quite a lot of proper music with guitars and things. Uh, in fact, a lot of rock. So, yeah, that's the best thing. The best thing about going to London Stadium was, was the music, actually. Yeah. But yeah, very funny. More noughties rock, less George Ezra, please, uh, stadium <laughs> DJs. We're talking to you. Um, speaking of middle of the road, not particularly penetrative stuff, 72% possession, but only four shots on target, Simon. I mean, it was a bit kind of Potter's Brighton at times, wasn't it? After the first half of the first half was so good, Chelsea could have been 3-0 up conceivably, a couple of very tight offside calls. But then it just kind of all got a little bit stayed and looked like they'd run out of ideas somewhat, which is, has been something of a theme. Do you, do you put that down to the, the unfamiliarity of the players or just Chelsea's general kind of shot-shy lack of goals season? I mean, I, I would particularly focus on the second half. I, I, you know, I know people sort of almost just refer to the bit before West Ham equalised. I, I thought Chelsea continued to look good even after they, they conceded that awful goal. But the second half, I think West Ham made the game uglier. I, I, I think that, you know, credit to West Ham. I think they got into Fernandez and João Felix quite a lot. I, I think the problem still sticks out like a sore thumb. Kai Havertz leading the line it just he just I, I wanted to see it because there'd, there'd been a uh, and, and perhaps I'll contradict myself later when we talk about Dortmund but there did seem to be a bit of a bond developing between Felix and Kai Havertz sort of from the from the Fulham game and, and stuff you've seen from training but but he, he's just not good enough as the front man he, he's too slow um, he doesn't make enough runs in behind he's slow on the ball he doesn't he can't compete physically with opposition defenders. Um, not that it was all his fault, of course, but it was just noticeable that Chelsea had no one to hit. There was no real threat in the penalty area. There was that, that cross from Chilwell 
which he headed wide in in the second half. But but I, I just felt that he he wasn't involved in the game enough. But no, it's not just down to him. This is something we've seen a lot from from Chelsea under, under Graham Potter. Uh, I'm sure listeners are, are already going crazy that neither in the voice note, neither in the first few minutes, we mentioned the the non VAR decision. And I think, you know, whilst I didn't mention the voice note, the, the reason why I wouldn't want to use that as an excuse for the way Chelsea played, you know, they didn't do enough to, to win the game uh, without having to rely on what would have been a fortunate decision in the sense that it was, wasn't a great Gallagher shot. <laughs> I don't know why, I don't know why Suchek sort of felt the need to handball it anyway, because, because uh, it would have been a comfortable save regardless. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I wouldn't want a, a really bad decision, as bad as it was, to paper over the cracks that Chelsea, again, weren't good enough. Mm. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, the penalty decision and, and Chelsea's reaction and Graham Potter's reaction to it shortly. But Sam, you were commentating on the game for, for Chelsea TV. Did you think that a, a draw was what Chelsea deserved from this? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely didn't deserve any more. So it was infused with the, the first half an hour. I thought... Yeah, West Ham were definitely more aggressive in terms of their the, the closeness to Felix in the second half. I couldn't believe the way he was able to roam in the first period and dictate proceedings, really. And I thought that line between West Ham's three centre-halves and their two holding midfield players was a lot tighter in the second half. It just condensed it. And instead of him being allowed to go and pick the ball up, uh, the centre-halves were actually coming out and engaging him. So there was definitely a... A shift there, I would imagine the majority of David Moyes' team talk would have been about being more defensively stable. And they can do that, I think, when they've got Antonio up front. You can be in a 5-4-1 and he can win 50-50s, turn them into good balls. And I thought it was probably Badia Shield's most difficult 45 minutes, maybe, up against him in the second half. But yeah, it didn't create anything. I thought in the first half, actually, Havertz did make a few movements in beyond and I think when games get stodgy like that, when they get condensed, you do have to have that out ball and that that option of putting balls in from the side. Chelsea have had that in the past and and they don't really have it at the moment. So yeah, that was was definitely where the game got away from them. That said, I thought West Ham made it a scrap in the in the second half and, and Chelsea didn't didn't really have the answers. Would have been lovely to go in with a cushion of a second goal in the first half, probably that the performance warranted, but to concede in the manner they did and have that 10 minute sloppy spell was was real real concerning I think after such a dominant first half an hour where there was loads to like about the attacking play once more yeah goals are definitely the problem Chelsea have scored more than once in a game in one of their past 12 matches uh, that was the game against Bournemouth just after Christmas on this handball then Simon I mean we don't need to debate the actual decision obviously they got it wrong it should have been a penalty but uh, quite contrasting responses to it from from admin the Chelsea Twitter account uh, quote tweets FIFA who say six keepers two awards who will be named hashtag the best uh, Chelsea say Thomas Suchek with a clip of the handball which is good content not least because it's been viewed 15.4 million times uh, but Graham Potter in his press conference kind of laughed it off and said oh I didn't know he was a good goalie or, or whatever the line was something like that and that that seems to have provoked some ire, not just from Chelsea supporters, but from journalists who cover the club, who, who feel that Potter should have come out and, and shown his teeth a little bit here and railed against the decision. And, and maybe that would have helped his standing with supporters. I'm a bit puzzled by this, Simon. Can you explain it to me? 
Well, it, it feels a bit damned if you do, damned if you don't, because the same people would be um, probably going classless Jose Mourinho, oh, what a disgrace to the game, you know, and, and writing articles about about that. Because I remember, I remember Chelsea managers doing that and being heavily criticised. So, so here's someone that isn't blaming a, a match official um, and L going two-footed in on them. And he's getting criticised for not saying anything. I, I, I just think, but in terms of the sort of Grand Potter himself, he can't be what he's not. You know, it, was anyone really surprised that he was very vanilla about it? I mean, he was the same at Brighton. He's not going to suddenly become a different different person now he's Chelsea manager. Yes, he, he could have come out and whinged. And def- but I, would anyone have really been deflected away from the before I know that was an argument oh if he if he goes absolutely bonkers that will deflect away from the performance I don't think anyone's suddenly going to stop talking about the fact that Chelsea didn't win a game in fact they'll just they'll actually just say oh, it shows he's losing the plot or the pressure's getting through yeah you know? so um so I have sympathy for him but the, the fan reaction I think the fans have been um increasingly sort of concerned about his Rather, um, I'm trying to think of a polite way of putting it. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go there. Very bland media persona. You know that, that they don't see him as a Chelsea manager because they're so used to exactly what you're talking about. A, 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 ma- a manager that comes out and fights for the club, and, and they sort of see they sort of see this public persona as someone that's kind of almost. A Brighton manager in in a, in the Chelsea dugout that that isn't sort of fighting for the club enough, but I, I'm sure behind the scenes he's he's a totally different person. But he he's not going to let his guard down too much in front of us. I think he wants to keep that keep that sort of side separate to uh, to sort to behind the scenes. I don't think he wants to really give us an indication of what he's really thinking. There's been a couple of times where. He's let his guard down and said, "Look, I'm not a robot. I do have, you know, but he's not going to show that side of his personality very often. I don't think." Uh, David Ornstein reporting in the Athletic on Monday, just reiterating that Chelsea are firmly behind Graham Potter, as as um, Simon says. Sam, he's, he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't, isn't he? Because Nathan Jones has just talked himself out of a job, effectively, at Southampton. So you kind of can't win either way, can you? And, and and as Simon says, he can't be what he's not. You know, he's following Thomas Tuchel, who had a real force of personality behind him. But that's not Graham Potter. But I guess that's easier to swallow if we were seeing some sort of Graham Potter identity to this Chelsea team, which we're not at the minute, in no small part, due to the fact that he's having to integrate a load of new players and do without a load who are injured who would be in his team otherwise. Yeah, and um, yeah, Nathan Nathan Jones, the, the example there. I just think the momentum just grows so quickly, doesn't it? Um, you know, a few misplaced quotes or, or whatever in, in the in the media, and you've not only got the, the fan pressure, but you've got everyone writing about you continually. And I yeah, that obviously didn't help his his chances of of keeping that job. Um, so so yeah, I think he can't he can't come out and be anything but himself. It was clear that it was a penalty. Chelsea were hard done by by that decision, um, but there's no point. I, I don't believe him being too strong with his comments afterwards because, yeah, I just don't think there's gonna. I don't think there's any point really. So, yeah, I mean, I don't understand why 
people would want that to to take away the focus from from the performance. The performance was was not good enough in the in the second half, and they've got a game you know to put it right in in the week. So his focus has to be that rather than a VAR decision. And there's been enough written and spoken about that over the weekend. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about the game up in Germany later. But first, let's interject with some good news. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Brighton deflected and everything is going Chelsea's way tonight a devastating display Gura Wrighton gets her name on the score sheet Oh, well, the women's team smashed seven past West Ham in their League Cup semi-final on Thursday night. It sets up a final against Arsenal at Selhurst Park at the start of next month. Sam Kerr got four. Lauren James and Guro Wrighton also got on the score sheet, as did Frank Kirby, but she later went off injured and has pulled out of the England squad for the upcoming internationals as a result. A couple of big wins this weekend, too, for the academy sides. The men's under-21s, 3-2 winners away at Blackburn, an own goal in stoppage time, earned them the points after Amari Hutchinson and Dion Rankin had earlier scored. Lewis Hall played in that and put through his own net in that one. And Dion Rankin, Sam, he's just signed a new contract to stay a bit longer. He's somebody who seems to have come to the fore this season. He, he feels like he's been around the, the Chelsea Academy side for years and years, but this is the first season that he's really come into prominence. Yeah, completely agree. And never been a an automatic starter or a regular starter maybe in the in the academy side's last few years. But yeah, he's had a good season. He's had some standout performances. Um, obviously can play variety of roles uh, wing back you know in a, in a in a front three wide on the right hand side and his quality i think's improved this year as well um you know when he gets into into good positions his end products improved and um yeah a little bit of a slow burner maybe taking me by surprise i would say his development in the last year or so but become a become a big an important player at that level and good Simon to see Hutchinson affecting the game here because yeah we don't know him that well because he's new to Chelsea but you wondered if his head might drop when that low move to West Brom fell through at the last minute and he realised he was going to be playing under 21 football for the rest of the season but but clearly he's okay with that or he's come to terms with it. Yeah and, and also don't forget the what must have been some kind of psychological blow Chelsea signing Madweki player a youngster obviously a few years older than him but just only a few years older than him playing in the same position therefore someone else he, he has to try and overtake in, in the future um, but it, it actually is is a great testament to his character that he's sort of straight in back to what he's doing in in the under 21s you know that he had a taste of first team football okay it didn't go as well as he would have liked I'm sure against Manchester City but it was against Manchester City it wasn't like he was playing uh, Bournemouth or, or one of the teams struggling Southampton you know, he was he was told to go and try and 
take on the, the best team in the country, um, certainly for the last few years. But, you know, he, he's I, I've seen him a lot this season. The, the quality is obviously there. There will have to be a decision made in the summer. They'll, they'll have to make sure they get that, that loan right because he's too good for PL2. It's, it's, it's obvious. The next step is to, to get him out um, playing regular first team football for someone so he can really show that he should be part of um, Chelsea's long term plans. So that was the under 21s. The under 18s also had a win. They were 3 1 victors against West Ham in the under 18 PL South. Danelle McNeely, who's in good form of late, scored a brace, and Tudor Mendel Idowu also found the net. A shout out too to Andre Santos, the Brazilian captain, his country to success in the final of the under 20 Sudamericana this weekend. He scored in the final against Uruguay. Remember, he's a midfielder, got six goals in the tournament. Just a quick point on that. Because, of course, everyone hammers Chelsea for their transfer business. What a brilliant bit of business to get that deal done before the tournament. Because imagine his price now and or the competition for his signature now. So he clearly looks looks a, a talent. Whether, whether he'll light it up for Chelsea obviously remains to be seen. But clearly, clearly is very good for his, his level. So, um, yeah, I just thought it was... Important to point out that that was a very good bit of business to do it before the tournament. Uh, yeah, so a lot of young talent coming through, uh, not least Derek Abu, the Chelsea Academy player, has released his latest rap track, which you can enjoy on the uh, club website this morning. I know Simon's a big fan of that. It's called Outside. Uh, yeah, go and have a look if you're so minded. If you're our age, it'll make you feel incredibly old. Uh, we're going to get back to First Team Matters next. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Right then, Wednesday night sees Chelsea return to Champions League action as they take on Borussia Dortmund in the first leg of their last 16 tie. Uh, what's a good result, Sam, for Chelsea here? We, we take a one-all like we got on Saturday, wouldn't we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, draw, draw would be a good result. Um, yeah, so just just thinking ahead whether Grand Potter will feel the need to go a little bit more conservatively, especially given the, the lack of goals. I don't think it's probably going to turn around in that regard in this game. So, yeah, I think keep it tight. Obviously, hopefully have the, the similar type of performance from from Jao Felix to, to unlock the opponent. But, yeah, I think bring them back to the bridge. The way the form has been, you, you take a, a shootout, wouldn't you, at the bridge against Dortmund and, uh, and be pragmatic over there. 
All right, we'll get to the chaps uh, starting 11s for this game shortly. But Simon, I just wonder journalistically, how disappointed are you that so much narrative has been taken out of this game? No Thomas Tuchel, no Aubameyang, no Christian Pulisic. It could have been a, a reunion special, this. Yeah. Bellingham v Enzo, though, right? That's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah and, it, and who knows how, how much the, uh, the coroners will be schmoozing with Dortmund and sort of going... You know, let, let's chat about that guy who plays for Dortmund. Um, even though they're very much outsiders for his signature, they showed with their pursuit of Enzo Fernandez, they're not going to take no for an answer. Um, but yeah, of course, I think, you know, the, the tie would have been, there'd been much more buzz about this tie if, if those, particularly Bamiang and Tuchel, I think Pulisic is kind of a little bit, He's been around for a few years now and underwhelmed for a long period of time. I, I, I think the, the Thomas Tuchel factor, well, just Thomas Tuchel, actually, forget Bamiang. Just Tom, we're all missing Thomas Tuchel, aren't we? I mean, <laughs> getting back to that press conference vibe, forget the, the results. The, you can imagine the, the, the build-up would be, there'd be so much more intrigue. Um, no one's going to be going out of their way to tune in to Chelsea's pre-match presser on Tuesday evening. Give me your starting eleven, then, please, Sam. I'm a little bit reluctant to change too much from from Saturday, just because there's you know a, a, a decent length of time between the game, but and with Southampton on the horizon, a game you, you feel Chelsea would win even with a you know multiple changes, maybe. But I'm going to mix it up. That said, my reluctance here is the back four. I'm going to give you well, the back three is the same that um, was a little bit calamitous at Fulham. Uh, in the defeat, I'm going to go Kepper. Yeah, I'm going to go like a three-five-one-one in essence, like a three-five-two. So Kepper in goal. I'm going to go Trev on the right of a back three with Silva and Koulibaly, and then I'm going to go James and Chilwell wing backs, and then I'll have Enzo just in front of the back three with Mount and Kovacic if he's fit. So stroke Loftus Cheek. And then I have Felix floating around behind Havertz. So I think that Fulham game, yeah, it wasn't good defensively, but you've got Reese James and Chilwo into the mix now. You've got Enzo into the mix. And I just think reinforcing that midfield away from home, Felix doing what he's been doing, having a bit of a free roll and um, wingbacks bombing down the flanks, Havertz to hit. The only full guy really is Mudrick. I'd be, I'm a little bit reluctant to leave him out. And I think that the shape of the team in that first half was good the other day, but maybe as an impact off the bench for this one, given that he's um, he's uh, obviously had a lot of football since he's he's come to the club. Mm, interesting, right? So uh, we know Badi Ashil is not going to be involved, uh, nor Abamyang, not that he has been of late anyway. Simon, are you thinking something similar formation and personnel wise to Sam? Close, but I'm st- I'm going with the same formation that that he played on on Saturday. I understand. I I've sort of thought about the going to three at the back myself, and then I just thought, well, they haven't played that for for a bit now. They've, they've kind of gone with this this four two three one, so I, I'm going to stick with that. The, the question in my head was, who do they play next to Silver? And I have still gone with Kula Bali, kind of reluctantly, but who knows? He, he's going to be fired up. One would hope to make an impact. So. 
yeah, James and Chilwell, my, my full-backs, um, as I kind of strongly intimated on the voice note, it's time for Chilwell to, to start, in my opinion. I went Zachariah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Zachariah next to Fernandez. He's back in training. It's, it's a bit of a flip of the coin between him and Kovacic, but Kovacic um, is not himself, um, hasn't been for a while now. Uh, and Zachariah, before he got injured, was actually one of Chelsea's uh, better performers. So if he's... With this is with obviously the proviso that he's match fit. Um, I think he'd be he'd be a good good partner for Fernandez. Then I've gone Mount Felix Mudrick with with Havertz, um, still leading the line, but kind of by default. But I just thought Havertz on his return to sort of Germany, it might sort of put a rocket up his, uh, you know what, and uh, and give him some some motivation to to actually do something. Well, it's going to be a tricky game. Dortmund coming into it in good form. They won their sixth match in a row on Saturday. They beat Werder Bremen by a couple of goals to nil. They held Man City to a goalless draw at Signal Iduna Park in the group stage. Uh, so that is an eight o'clock kickoff on Wednesday night. Of course, we will review it in our second pod of the week, which will be a little bit later than normal. That's because producer Lucy has taken her mum away for her 60th birthday. What wholesome, wholesome daughtership that is. Um, from our boss but yeah we'll be with you a little bit later than normal on Thursday but it will be there anyway Simon we're just about at the end of the pod tell us what you're going to be writing about this week please well as soon as this stops uh, as soon as I shut up basically I'm going to be writing about Kuda Bali um, for obvious reasons you know the the fact that I feel a bit sorry for him actually Um, it's not really worked out but he's got the Champions League gives him a a chance to to prove himself, really, because um, with Badia Schill in the form he's in, um, he, he's clearly not going to get that chance in the Premier League for a bit. So he, he's one piece I'm going to write about. And then I'm also going to be writing another piece. Uh, it's become my almost my second favourite subject, the academy. Um, academy players and, and, and how they're feeling about what's going on. Uh, with all the signings that is uh, that has gone in on the first team, it's a piece along those lines. Excellent. Yeah, there's loads of good content up on The Athletic. Now uh, you can read uh, the uh, tactical analysis of all the Champions League teams in the last 16 from Mark Carey and Liam Tharm. Yes, Simon? I just thought we, we, we haven't mentioned Thiago Silva signing a new deal, which is, um, of course, one of the, one of the pieces I, I wrote over the last few days. I, I just think that, uh, you know, the guy... It's just been an absolute phenomenon. If you, if you sort of think back, I, I embarrassingly think back to my reaction to when Chelsea signed him and I was very kind of, um, I was one that was kind of a bit, not doubting his abilities as a player, but you were sort of thinking, oh, at 36, change of league, kind of had it quite easy in France, playing for PSG, Premier League, kind of almost what, what Koulibaly's gone through, actually. I kind of thought, oh, you know, it, it's a late, late move at this stage in his career and and it's just just unbelievable and it when, when you sort of think of Chelsea as they've shown me the transfer spend and this is what I write in my in my column that I, that I put out on the news that he signed a new deal when you think that Chelsea have signed all these youngsters and it's all about you know buying young but even the co-owners couldn't ignore or staring them in the face that this old guy just is indispensable and they've got to keep him for another year and and who would, who would rule out at this stage him getting another contract in 12 months' time? He's going to play into his 40s. The, the guy is, 
he is going to go down as one of Chelsea's greatest centre halves, and there's no, there's no uh, greater accolade than that. Given, yeah, the competition he's been up against. If you think about great Chelsea centre halves, but he'll definitely be up there with, with all the greats that, that I've seen over the years. Absolutely. Let's get him another trophy before he uh, rides off into the sunset. Uh, Sam, what are you up to this week? Just thinking, shame that Silver couldn't have got John Terry's. 26 a few years ago, eh? That'd have been nice. Um, quiet week, really, Matt. I've said that every week, aren't I? Need to get some work. Uh, next in action, well, I've got some stuff from home this week, but next in action, the big one, Friday night, Cardiff Reading. Oh, dear. Uh, okay. Well, there you go, listener. If you think you've got a struggle on this week, Sam's got to watch Cardiff play football on Friday night. And I can uh, tell you that that is not very much fun at the moment. But we will be back on Thursday when we'll be running through what happened in that game against Dortmund and looking ahead to the game against, I don't know, maybe Jesse Marsh's Southampton on Saturday. As ludicrous as that sounds. Join us for that if you can. And head to theathletic.com slash Pod to sign up if you aren't currently a subscriber. We'll be back with you later in the week. Bye for now. The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.